Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we give a voice to women who have a story that's meaningful, moving, and compelling. We share their stories with the world so that in their shining, they give permission to others to shine as well. So today's guest is Liz McKinley. Liz, welcome, and thank you for being here today. Oh, my pleasure. I'm delighted to be here today. Well, I know we've been excited about this podcast for quite a while, and it's finally here, and so I'm excited to learn a lot more about you than I already know, and I already know some good stuff. So (laughs) let's start sharing a little bit of you with the world. Tell us about yourself. Okay, well, I grew up in Manhattan, and I studied journalism at NYU, and this was back in the 80s. And uh, my uh, first job was working for a trade newspaper. As a writer, I earned $185 a week, which (laughs) wowed me (laughs) that I had to survive on that in New York. And then I, uh, after that, I moved into jobs in advertising and eventually magazine publishing before deciding to move to San Francisco in 1987. How fun. And, uh, How fun. Yeah. So uh, while I was in school, one of the things that I did was that uh, my, my full name is Lizbeth, L-I-S-B-E-T-H. So when I was a student in journalism, I decided to make my byline stand out by changing the spelling of my name from L-I-Z to L-I-S, which um, has now proved to be a lifetime of explaining how to say my name. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to ask you, how'd that work out for you? Uh, Well, it's kind of been a mixed blessing, um, but I really, um, you know, it's always prompted some great conversations. So uh, I'm Liz McKinley, and um, I uh, now live in California, and I live in Oakland, and I've been out here for, um, since 1987, Um, I spent many years in my early years in California working in uh, sales and marketing and I worked in the hospitality industry and then actually um, in uh, 1990 after uh, a significant loss in my life uh, that really made me question a lot I decided to go back to school and I earned a master's in clinical psychology and then spent the next several years working in social services And then got hired to um, do corporate consulting and project management um, for a large healthcare organization out here. And was doing that for many years. And then the recession hit in 2008. And at the age of 49, I found myself laid off without a job. Wow. So um, a couple of months after trying on all sorts of new new roles, uh, volunteer and paid and everything in between, I have a friend out here who knew about my skill set, and she called me one day and said, um, "Hey, can you help me with a, a kind of a sensitive organizing project?" I think she was just taking a little pity on me, but. Um, I didn't know anything at the time about productivity systems or organizing, but I knew how to work with people. So I said, sure, and uh, I'll help you. And after a day of working with her, I remember I came home to my husband and I said it was the most fun I'd had working in years. Nice. So it sounds like 
Well, let me go back a little bit. First of all, you what a remarkable life to date. You're young still, but still, what a remarkable life to have lived in New York and San Francisco, two amazing cities. I totally get the, um, you know, when times were tough, post-recession, you know, the crash, that sort of thing. But how fortunate for you, and I don't say lucky because you worked hard and you're super smart, um, but how fortunate that you are able to do something you love and get paid for it. So that's really, really great. Uh, so awesome that that woman took pity at first, but probably was blown away by your skill set. Well, you know, it's great that you mentioned it because that was really the learning lesson for me was um, that when you realize that you have value to give, when you realize that you have something that other people need, that people will pay for it. Um, granted, I didn't make a lot my first year. I think uh, I, I earned about $2,300 my first year, but I made it a point to not evaluate my success by my income alone. And I think that yes. keep me motivated. Um, I should sure. mention that I did launch, you know, my business in, in early 2009 and it's called Let's Make Room. And I love that name. Thank you. Yeah. I spent a lot of time coming up with that because I realized that that really, that that best described what it was that I wanted to do with my clients. So, so um, could I just yeah. say one thing about the sure. name? It, to me, it conjures up beautiful thoughts of clearing my mind and a peaceful uh, exactly. place, you know, a place of peace in my mind, as well as organizing my, not just my thoughts and attitudes, but my behaviors, not just my office space or my home, but um, just me inside out. Exactly. Uh, absolutely. You're, um, that's really what motivated me as well, because I realized, you know, I, I never, I tell my clients, don't make organizing the goal. The goal is not to be organized. The goal is to make room for what you really love and what's worth it in your life. So often I ask my clients, so if everything were organized and tidy, you know, the way you imagine it, what is it that you would be able to do that you can't do now? And how would that make you feel? Because if, if people are not crystal clear on, on why they're doing this, on what the motivation is, you know, what's in it for them, they're never going to go through the, the steps and, quite frankly, sometimes the challenges of getting it done. So I often congratulate my clients when they first decide to work with me and tell them, you know, good for you for making more room in your life for what matters most to you. I love that. It's very zen. It's very... Um... You attract the life that, you, you know, you make room for the new things that you really want to have in your life with intention. You behave in a mindful way. And when you make room in your life um, physically and emotionally, I think with your background and expertise and your education, bringing all that to the table with um, what from the naked eye might just seem like organizing, it's not. It's so much more. It's life changing. It's a cleansing, if you will, that then allows for the things that should be in your life to happen. Absolutely. And I, you know, would want to point out that we're not just helping people get organized um, in their homes, uh, but we actually help people who are making significant transitions in their lives, specifically moving. So we help uh, primarily homeowners, busy and, you know, overwhelmed, 
um, homeowners get downsized so that they can sell their homes and then we manage their moves and get them unpacked and settled in their new homes, usually in a day or two. So they're jumping wow. back into their lives, um, you know, instead of living out of boxes for weeks on end. So it's a, it's, you know, I just recently finished the biggest project of my career, uh, helping a woman who, um, a 67 year old client who had recently lost her husband and not long before that her parents and then got her moved into her new home and fully unpacked in about two weeks. And she lived, she owned two significantly cluttered homes on the same street. One was hers, one was her parents, and she was responsible for them both. And she had to get them sold quickly. And so I brought in my estate seller partner and we got a lot of her high value items sold. And then I think we must have donated literally five or six truckloads of um, household goods and furniture. And then she sold the first of the two houses within a week for over a million dollars. Wow. And the second house is on the market now. And yesterday I met with her because we had a session at her new home and she's been taking Tai Chi and Feldenkrais and socializing and doing so many things that she hadn't been able to do in years. And I got to tell you, Susan, that just is brought tears to my eyes because yeah. that's what it's all about. That's why yeah. I do what I do. So it sounds to me like you um, help people revere, reveal or unveil their true selves or exactly. the, your highest and best selves. Exactly. And, oh my gosh, how wonderful. You empower people. You know, like I don't think at, the, at first blush people would think about how, you know, eliminating the clutter or eliminating the things that aren't crucial to your highest and best being um, can change your life so much. I and mean, it does, yeah. Yeah. Well, on that note, what would you consider your proudest professional accomplishment? Well, I think that this particular job that I just described was, yeah. um, it was certainly the largest. Um, I, you know, shortly after I started my career, I learned pretty early on that the kinds of needs that my clients had were much bigger than I could handle by myself, with the only exception that I do also work one-on-one -on -one with folks who um, deal with uh, paper clutter and uh, you know, and who need systems for managing their paper and figuring out what to minimize and so forth. But in general, most of my jobs are larger scale because that's where people really feel the pain. So uh, I have a crew of fabulous organizers and um, we spent eight days clearing out these highly cluttered homes and getting, like I said, getting her moved and into her new home and unpacked in about two weeks and it was an enormous task but um i was really excited and felt an, I, I really felt like superwoman to be yeah. honest with you after it was all done i came home to my husband and i was like i am superwoman i've just felt great um because i got to see what i was able to do uh for this very special client well, I have to tell you that I've moved several times in my life and big moves like owning a home everywhere I've lived and then moving. Um, it is possibly 
more stressful than having a child. I mean, it was the most stressful experience in my life was moving. And I moved to Hawaii and back as well. So that was quite a move. But moving from New England to um, Louisiana, I had two giant storage sheds full of gorgeous furniture and things I thought I needed that I thought were important and that I thought uh, identified me. Um, and when it came down to it over the years, you know, I just gave away, gave away, gave away stuff. And I have one tiny, tiny little storage unit now um, that has things that were my child's when he was young. And so um, what you do is you alleviate the stress and eliminate all that. Um, literally, I cried many of my moves. It was so overwhelming. It's, a bur it's an enormous burden to be carrying around things that you think are part of your identity when in fact they, they aren't. They may be in many cases representative of a former identity that you're not ready or willing to let go of yet. And unfortunately, when people are selling their homes, they don't have the time to really reflect on that uh, right. and, and come to terms with that. It's usually done under duress. So you're absolutely right. It's very stressful to uh, move um, because you don't often have the luxury of time. So I can imagine you're a little bit like a therapist where you'd ask the person, what does this mean to you? Is it important that this stay in your life? Is this holding you back or moving you forward or, you know? Yeah. Although I, I you know, I, I feel very strongly about saying that what I do is not therapy, but it is very therapeutic. There you um, go. And I, and I do ask, you know, I don't have, I tell my clients, I don't have an opinion about what you keep or toss, um, but I do have an opinion about meeting their goals. So we talk up front about this notion of, do I have your permission to gently point out to you if I think you're making a decision that seems contrary to your goals? And once they agree to that, then, you know, I basically can help them um, get closer to where they want to be. So I do uh, spend, especially when I'm working with, with older people, with seniors uh, who have great stories to tell, um, they often uh, use that opportunity to tell the story about the item or the memory. And um, there's a lot of fear attached to that because they think that if they give up the item, they're going to lose the memory. And Correct. that's that's very that's very that's a very realistic uh, belief, um, but then I also try to point out to them, you know, that they're also making room for new memories. And just like we walk through a museum and we don't take the art home, you know, we appreciate it while we're there, as we can let go of things that no longer serve us or uh, we find no longer useful or don't make us happy anymore, we can then make room for new experiences. And that's what people are moving. That's usually why they're moving in the first place. Um, so it's a great, it's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful process to be a part of. I love that. I love that. Let go of that which doesn't serve you well anymore. Exactly. Uh, that's so amazing. So, um, you know, most of what I do is focused on lifting women and shining a light on women who are moving the needle and helping others. And I think men are a big part of that as well. But my podcasts and my blogs are generally about women who um, 
are secure enough in themselves to say, hey, I want to pay it forward. I want to pay back. I want to help other women own their stories. And you are one of those women. So let me ask you, how do you think or what advice would you give to women to support other women in business? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so I'd have to, I guess my advice to any woman who is in business or considering um, starting their own business is to really know and own their own value and what they bring to the world. And don't be shy about letting the world know what they're worth and then double it. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Never. You're my new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's I always say never underestimate what you do. Never underestimate what you know. You, ne you know, you know, I don't want to be, uh, you know, a, putting men down, but you rarely would hear a man saying, oh, it's nothing, or oh, I can't believe someone would pay for this. It's, you know, they, people will, if they know what you can do for them and they have the need, they will pay for it. So you have to start looking at the value that you bring to the world um, and owning it. So what a funny story that is, because I teach other women negotiation skills um, I teach them how to create a value proposition, a mission statement, and then to tell that with the world and share that with the world and to stick to their, you know, guns and understand what their worth is. Yet I personally still struggle with that same, you know, I, I need to practice what I preach still today. I struggle with um, charging what I should charge or knowing what I am worth. So it's beautiful to hear you say that. And I think that's one of the top three messages that women need to get clear in their heads that we need to know our worth and not be afraid to fight for it. Absolutely. Um, you know, I don't know if uh, your listeners watched the Emmys the other day, but I was really moved by Michelle Williams' speech uh, yeah. when she accepted for uh, the, her role as Gwen Verdon. And it really, uh, to me, it really spoke to this idea that women have to demand that they are um, compensated for what they bring, that, that they have to, ch you know, the culture is not going to change by itself. Women right. are going to have to change it. And that's why I do these podcasts is to give, you know, women should be heard and respected. And, you know, someday I hope that it won't be as difficult to be heard and respected, but I am, all about women like you, like me, who are knocking down the walls and breaking through the ceilings and saying, hey, listen to me, listen to her. We wanna be heard, we wanna be respected and we deserve that. And just because we don't speak rich white male doesn't mean we should be muted. Absolutely, you know, but I do wanna point out that, you know, I wasn't always like this. Uh, it, um, you know, I, I think my biggest challenge was believing for the first 49 years of my life that I, that I had to do always the safe thing. Uh, and then of course, life had a different plan for me at 49 when I lost my job. So that's when I started my business. Quite frankly, I wished I'd started it 10 years earlier, but, um, and I knew very little about running a business that first year. Uh, but for me, I had, I had no place else to go but up. It was 2008, it was the recession. And so I made a decision right from the get-go to learn everything I could about launching and running a business. And I've been doing that ever since. And it has been the most fun. I feel like I've had a, 
a life's course uh, in business school, and 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 even better than that because uh, every day is is an active business learning experience. And, so I like uh, to tell my son and anyone who listen that you win or learn never lose win or learn never lose oh i love that yeah it sounds like that's that. what you did um well i would I, that's a great segue to the question of what has been your biggest challenge or setback and how did you overcome it um well i guess you know i i grew up at a time when technology wasn't really there um I didn't use my first, I wasn't really actively using a computer until I was um, well into my 20s and early 30s. So I didn't grow up with technology the way that a lot of younger people do. So when I started my business, I was terrified of technology, but I vowed to not let my fear stop me. So I spent a lot of time being the kind of stubborn person that I am, I'm a Taurus, um, figuring <laughs> things out, even if it took me three times as long as it would to have someone else do it for me. And that I found very empowering because now I don't really have that fear of technology. Um, and and it, it just made it possible for me to uh, get beyond a lot of you know, barriers to marketing and launching and selling and running my business. So I think that's pretty common with women our age and stage in life. You and I are um, probably around the same age. Uh, I had gone back to school later in life to get my master's. And it was at that time where I realized, wow, I am a marketing expert in old school outbound marketing, but I need to learn about technology and MarTech and the inbound marketing world. And I did. And that's what makes me relevant today, I think, learning that. So I was in the same boat as you and sort of forced to embrace it, but now um, probably overuse it and overshare and <laughs> people probably wish I would turn it off every now and then. I but, don't, uh, I disagree. I think that you can, I think you're doing what you're doing for women in business is is such a gift, Susan. And uh, you know, I for one am so grateful to you for being able to let others know not only about what we do and the value we bring, but how other people can do the same. I think you are helping many women give voice to their talents and value. And I'm extremely appreciative and grateful to you for that. That is so kind of you to say. I know you don't know how heartfelt that hits me, but um, I am the person who encourages people to own their story, bring their whole selves to life, not just your nine to five self to work and then five to you know nine at home. But be authentic, be real, share your vulnerabilities. That's a sign of strength. It helps people relate and connect with you. And so this vehicle is a way to give a voice to those women who are courageous enough to share their stories. And then what I require of women like you on my podcast and in the events that I host is that you tell the truth, the whole truth the good, the bad, and the ugly. Don't just say where you are now, how much you make your title and all those other things, 
but how you got to where you are. So the rest of us listening can say, there's hope for me, or she has a strategy I should implement, or I'd like to reach out and connect with her and learn more. So I am so grateful for your courage for being on here and telling your story and owning your truth, sharing, you know, not just what you do now and how successful you are and you are, um, but also sharing how you got to where you are. That's super duper helpful. Um, and I think people, you know, these days, I don't know, in the age of Oprah and the age of Brene Brown, it's starting to be more embraced. And I think women in general are more uh, collaborative and comfortable with connecting and sharing their vulnerabilities. So, yeah, I agree. And I think that the time has come uh, for, I, I do think I agree with you a hundred percent that the more real and authentic we are, um, the more we're able to connect on a human level. Um, and that's what's going to move this world forward. Um, yeah, and, that's and what we'll more get what us, we need. Exactly. I was just going to say that. Get us what we need. Um, well, tell us something most people don't know about you. Do you have a surprising fact you can share? Um, well, you know, I, I'd like to talk a little bit about the person who inspired me the most in my sure. life. Absolutely. Um, her name was Joy Golden and she started working in the late fifties, right out of college in what used to be called the Steno pool at the advertising agency in Manhattan called BBDNO. And she worked her way to the top of her industry as an award-winning producer and creative director. And she was best known in the latter portion of her career for writing comedy uh, radio commercials that were filled with characters and great voices and lots of innuendo. And she was my mom. Oh, and she, wow. Yeah. And she inspired um, uh, Mad Men's creator, Matthew Weiner to develop the character of Peggy Olson. Oh um, my gosh, that's incredible. So I, I have know. to tell you, I'm insanely addicted to that series and have watched the entire thing more than once. So we all love Peggy. We all love your mom. She, well, she, so was a, she was great. I mean, first of all, though, she was Jewish. She was not Catholic. And she right. was definitely far more brazen and hilarious than the Peggy, you know, Peggy Olsen character ever was. Um, but she was uh, an amazing, amazing woman. Um, she never, ever considered being a woman as a obstacle to her success. And um, she just loved to write and she loved to write comedy and she just and she was a you know she had spent many years also as a serious advertising copywriter um and she but she had a, an incredible knack for um creating characters and creating uh, campaigns that not only entertained people but did what she was hired to do which was to market and sell their products um, when she died a few years ago in 2015, the New York Times wrote an amazing tribute to her life and career. And she was, uh, she was really an, uh, an amazing woman. I, I used to say there, you know, there was uh, uh, Joy Golden, um, who was the successful career, advertising career person, and then there was my mom. Um, and she was uh, together she was an extraordinary person and she inspired me a great deal. 
So I have to tell you, I wanted to um, say earlier, first of all, Joy Golden, what a perfect name, right? That's yeah. an amazing name just in and of itself. It's, it's wonderful. I, I like to study names and see how they make people feel and what the receiver of the message, uh, you know, soaks in, if you will, from the name. Uh, she so was born that, she, that name was her to a T. Totally wonderful. I would love to share the, the New York Times piece in the blog that we're going to write about you, if you don't mind. Oh, absolutely. Maybe, yeah, that would be so great. So I think she'd be thrilled. Oh, yeah, totally. I love this. This is such, this is quite a surprise about you. Um, and it's so nice that this was your mother who inspired you. So I love this story. This is an incredible story. Well, let me ask you this. This is an important part of our visit. Um, and I'm sure, excuse me, <clears throat> I'm sure there are a lot of folks out there who need what you do, uh, not just the physical aspect of it, but the entire emotional and spiritual and, um, you know, just the whole deal, the whole holistic approach to cleansing. Um, where would they go to reach you? How do they find me? Right. right. Um, well, the, the easiest uh, way is uh, to, to learn more about me and how, how we can help people find more room in their lives for, for what matters most to them is first by visiting our website at letsmakeroom.com. And while there, uh, people can even schedule a free, no obligation chat with me to discuss their particular organizing challenge. So if from any part of the country or the world, if they wanna schedule time to chat with me, there's a link right on the homepage and I will call them and we'll spend uh, 30 or 40 minutes uh, talking about what is getting in their way of moving forward as far as uh, their particular organizing or productivity challenge. Um, also, people are more than welcome simply to just email us at info at letsmakeroom.com that's info at letsmakeroom.com. Um, and I am very responsive and would be more than happy to share information and direct people to resources in their area if I can't help them myself. Well, I love what you do. It's been a pleasure getting to know you. Um, I think that this podcast has been I, I'm full of surprises, let's just say. Um, didn't even realize that, yeah, when you do what you do, you change lives for the better in a, a very meaningful way, not just superficial, but deeply meaningful way. So I appreciate you and what you do and your company and all the folks that work with you. I'll make sure we put um, contact information as well as any articles and media that you'd like to share in the blog. And then we will share this on our brand new Twitter page. Um, so, yeah, as well as uh, LinkedIn and other social media, and you are certainly welcome to share it with your network as well. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Susan. It's been an honor, and I so appreciate everything that you're doing to, uh, to empower women to be the best they can be. Well, thank you. Thank you. You're a great example of women who appreciate that and women I want to work more with. So. Um, Thank you for being here, everyone, and for listening in, and we will see you on Twitter.